It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. Yes, I uh, felt very bad uh, because apparently the uh, twins uh, passed out uh, the information about 9.15 that uh, Frank had uh, died. I knew he'd been in hospice for a couple of months because of his uh, kidney situation. Frank Quillacy. Yep, Frank Quillacy. He's uh, the kidneys. He had to get a transplant, uh, I think, in 13, maybe 12 or 13. It was actually they gave him a third kidney and they put it in there and they Stuffed just he there, just huh? carried it around there and he got it from a gal named Elizabeth huh. who was a the wife of a friend of his mm-hmm. who had was among those that you know was tested to see if she was compatible yep. and she was so he walked around with that third kidney and he would grab it and say little Liz as he'd call it little Liz is uh, a great character, as you know, and we we both had him as a manager with mm-hmm. the twins, and uh, and then uh, had the had the uh, announcing duty, and the announcing duty, I think, had as much to do with the success of Monday Night Sports Talk as anything. Absolutely, yes, because was Quillacy Harrington's first. I Damn believe, close. I, I believe so. I think it was right there. Was it? I, I think it was. And of course, famously, the Frank impersonation was so famous that we got an, an imaginary brother. Oh, Bill uh, Quillis. Larry yeah, King Larry Show. King show. Yeah. Frank's imaginary. Lead chips. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Frank's imaginary brother, Bill Quillacy. And Bill did call Larry King. Left Larry. Now, Larry, all those years of doing late-night shows, had some odd callers. Yeah. But Bill Quillacy had to rank right up there with him, I think, because he said, I'm Frank's imaginary brother to Larry King. You know what what kind of manager (laughs) Quillacy was? He was one of those managers who, in every town... He had guys. Oh yeah. He oh yeah. Guys. Yes, he, he did. might have had, in some towns it might have been food guys. Mm-hmm. In some towns it might have been clothing guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In some towns it might have been jewelry guys. <laughs> oh he was made for the seventies mm-hmm. with the suits and the Oh he the, had the, the bad stuff. suits. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did. The big everything. Bad I I saw a photo of him that I wrote something for the Star Tribune. 65, man, he had the burns. He had the big burns. Most Italian-looking guy ever. But his mother and father, Guido and Laura, Mm -hmm. met both working at Fontana's Bakery Mm -hmm. on the south side of Chicago. And she was 
Dominowski. She was a po- Polish, you know. Yeah. So he had, he could tell both Polish jokes and Italian jokes without uh, having. Oh, to he had that's done. an arsenal. Yes, right there. yes, yes, it is. He had, and he used to bring this. Well, you were there for the sausage sandwiches. Oh, yes. at Comiskey Park. Yeah, Guido. Whenever they were there for the first game of a series, whether he was playing or managing or announcing. Guido would show up with a couple of paper bags full of Italian sausages, yep. and the and they were sausages. They weren't great big links. They were like you know a normal sized link, and it was just a beautiful piece of white bread mm-hmm. wrapped around it with a little sausage on it wrapped up, and everyone would await Frank. You know, Frank, are the sausages going to be there? And yeah, they were always there. I ran across something I'd written a few years ago, a story he told me about Harry Carey being on the air with Jimmy Pearsall and saying, Jimmy, I got to go on a diet for a week. And Pearsall says, why? He said, because I got to get ready for Mrs. Quilici's sausage sandwiches (laughs) when she shows up. (laughs) And uh, so it was, that had to be a hell of a place to grow up. The south side yeah. of Chicago, man. Back then, yeah. Yeah, back then. Not man. right now, it's not. Well, no, not. Uh, I think it's the west side where they kill each well, other. Well, there's right? a lot of killing going on okay. at some point of the compass. Yes, but uh, it was, uh, you know, he was always fun, that's for sure, Frank. And he was always happy. Yeah. Uh, Calvin put him through the ringer. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. 1974. Well, Calvin would leave guys in the DL on yeah, the roster. Steve Breyer. Yeah. With a broken wrist. Right. Steve Breyer spent... A month on the bro on the roster, not on the DL, not on the DL. Yeah, he says use him as a pinch runner. <laughs> he had a cast. He was a pinch runner. They weren't going to put him on the DL. Oh this my is, god! Now this is when you had nine pitchers for the most part, too, or ten. But uh, but yeah, he made him stay on. But the what I always remember, Joe, is a '74. He had Cal, They'd had another lousy year at the gate. And they took away one of Frank's coaches. So Frank had three coaches. Mm -hmm. Buck Rogers, who was both the pitching coach and the bullpen coach, and Vern Morgan and Ralph Rowe. Mm -hmm. Vern coached third, but he was old and beat up and couldn't throw BP. Mm -hmm. And Ralph Rowe was old, the hitting coach, great guy. Well, the Q-man threw BP. Yeah, the Q-man and Buck Rogers on the road had to throw BP. They didn't take a pitching... And they didn't take a bullpen pitcher on the road. Those two guys threw 50,000 pitches apiece that summer on the road. And they'd get Jerry Terrell was on the, I don't think Terrell was there. I remember Terrell throwing a lot of BP. They'd they'd have to get one of the position players to throw BP, too. (laughs) What a shoestring operation. Oh, God. Yeah, and then it was the next year, 75, when Bry was on the yeah. on the active list for a Were month. Were other teams running wrist. on that shoestring well, style? Nobody was, nobody was running that that way. And, uh, you know, the, what happened is you look at the names, they aren't that bad. But Tony, you know, was limping. Yep. Tony played 10 games in 72, the year that Frank came in halfway through the year as the manager. With because he was done if the DH hadn't passed, he, he right. couldn't have played. He couldn't play him in the field, and he DH and a heck of hell, heck of it was the seventh inning. He needed a run. You had to pinch run for him because it take three hits to score. And, and then he sent the guy out there with the cast on his. Head. And Harmon was done too. Yeah. I mean, Harmon 
Herman fouled the ball off his toe in about 1970 and was never the same because he had a toe the size of my head. And the thing was, if you pinch ran for Tony, he couldn't come back in. No, he couldn't. Yeah, I thought he could. Even though we, some of us thought it was a silly rule. Yeah. By the way, 74 and 5 were uh, played in Shea Stadium both those years. because they were That's where I stood up and said, put Tony back. Yes, there. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, and I, I supported you on that. I wouldn't yeah. have ridiculed you. No, I anyway. think you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and then he they put him in the booth, and man, Frank was happy to be there. Mm-hmm. That was uh, his bit. Was was he with Herb Carneal? Yeah. Oh, Herbie loved him. Yeah, Herbie. Lo- you know, Herbie had high standards for his partners. He mm-hmm. was, first of all, he had Kathy at home, and she could be a little critical, right? If Herb wasn't treated with proper reverence, <laughs> but Frank always treated him with proper reverence. So they love Frank. They now Larry Kelton when they brought him in, yeah. He's lucky that uh, Kathy didn't get a hitman on him. Right? How many years did the Q, was he in the booth? Well, he uh, pretty much for about 10, but then he left a couple of times and came back. Okay. And, uh, and, of course, I pulled one of the greatest pranks ever his first game, but I can't repeat it because it's... It, did it involve profanity? No, it involved a guy's name that could be mispronounced oh, I if see. you didn't watch yourself very carefully yeah. who was pitching that night and two minutes before he threw his first pitch I came in the booth and says Frank whatever you do don't say boop yeah. <laughs> did he then promptly say yeah, it? no he pronounced the guy's name very slowly the rest of the game yeah. so he was a great guy though. I loved him he was great um, before I've been looking for um, uh, Quillacy stuff yes. And I, I don't have the I don't have a tape player, so I can't replay anything from tape. But when we come back, I have this? a special kid call. I don't know what year this is, um, but I think you're gonna. You guys are really, really gonna enjoy. You know this. what we would like to have, but we probably can is the the traffic report. Angels traffic report. Angels traffic report because didn't he do Q in there when Q was doing it? Everything was just moving along. Really smooth. A lot of car in the area. (laughs) I'll see if I can find that. All All right, right. just a moment. (laughs) A few hairs on top of my head with that little one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You sound like you're in the locker room. That's exactly where I am. Well, it beats the Lexington men's room. Not really. I'll see you next week. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that was our Sid. Just checking in to say hello. And uh, Dick Blueston leads the state amateur at Edina. If you like to watch a little golf, that's a beautiful place to watch it. Oh, I knew that. you should have seen us play there. <laughs> You're on. Yes, hi. I'm a 10-year-old boy named Ryan. I went up to Chicago with Patrick, and he made more funny noises than I did. <laughs> that's, that's right. Get rid of that kid. Hang up. Hang up. We don't uh, put... is it, what kind of noises, Ryan? Um, Give us a few over the phone. I, I don't I can't describe them. Yeah, they were, they were pretty rough, weren't they? Okay. You had a bunch of Big Macs. Okay. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Thanks, kid. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy, he sounds exactly like his uh, kid. I can't remember his voice sounding like that. He sounds exactly like his son. A Isn't bunch of Big Macs, Mr. Royce? I, I really can't remember. Apparently. <laughs> I think Pat- all as I Patrick know does. Is we, all I know is we were moving Katie's sister to Chicago, 
and we rented a truck. Oh, I would like to see oh, that. Rented God, a, God, we rented a truck a that, would, that had a governor on it, and you couldn't go over 55 miles just an hour. A, Was this where the seat was, you were stuck far forward in the seat because the window scraper was blocking the, the seat from moving back and forth? I, I have no idea. Yeah, you were all scratched up at the wheel because the window I was ripping the kid for, I, there was nothing to entertain him, so he was entertaining himself with right. noises. Right. And, Making yeah. funny noises. Little right. trucks right. and stuff. And, uh, and he was I, like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's Why are you good. sitting so and far ahead? I don't know. We got down there, and she was living in some old place in Evanston. Mm-hmm. An old, like, fourplex. But she was upstairs, and they had this wooden stairway that went up, like, turned, like, three oh, different oh, times oh, to man. get up there. Yeah, yeah. me was hauling my fat ass back and up, up and down that thing to bring furniture up there. Did you then have good. to drive the empty truck back here? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I would love to be. Oh, oh. Was it a U-Haul deal? Yeah. yeah. No radio, no nothing. Oh, my word. And no so, nothing. oh, you were already with the present wife, so you were already sober. Yes, yeah, yeah I was okay. sober. Yeah. I wish I wasn't. I wish I, <laughs> I, I should have stopped and got a big jug of Tangeray and just went for it. For the it. trip home. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the closest I ever came to losing my sobriety. I can that see trip. that. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to hear you and see you behind the wheel well, of a big dock truck. Well, here's the good part. Kept, even though the governor was on, he kept going, pushing that. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I get a couple more <laughs> MPHs out of this thing. Minute, two, 55? 55. Well, that's dreadful. And you'd get pushed. I'd try to push that. Come on, I can get, at least get me up to 58. Come on. <laughs> You've got it to the floor, and you're still pushing. <laughs> Yeah, that was, boy, that's oh. Ryan. I can't remember him. Are you coming like around that. to my uh, view of Vegas. Uh, the Vegas Knights? They're good. They're going boy, to the Cup f- Finals. They are fast. They were way better. I lo- I watched a little of their first game with Winnipeg, and I in the second period I thought Vegas was faster than they were. In the third, Vegas, Winnipeg did a real nice job of shutting them down. But I still thought they were holding on. But last night was no contest. No. When, Vegas is just, they are just lightning fast. And then when Winnipeg drew to within a goal, mm-hmm. they just promptly Ooh. went and got another one. Boy, was that a pretty goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice play by. Those two guys, by the way, Smith set up this Mark Chesimo or whatever the hell his name is. Marshall. Those two guys, both were in Florida last year. Mm-hmm. Both were two of their leading scorers. And somehow they wanted them not to take some other players. So they it was just like the, the Wild, they gave them these two... These are the two guys they wound up with out of the draft. Uh, two of Florida's best players. I think the only thing Riley can, Smith and whatever his name is. I think the only thing that can stop them is it's Ovechkin's year. I think fate is conspiring yes. to well, put. Yeah, uh, well, Washington, I think, probably is better than Winnipeg, but I don't know. More scorers, probably. Can I change the subject? Sure. Uh, Suits, you already talked about this evidently on the air, but Pat, did you know that uh, Tom Wolf passed away? Yes. 87 yes. years old. He could write. Reported as 87 or 88. I'm going mm-hmm. with 88 because the New York Times had 88, I think. Mm-hmm. He, uh, that's the electric Kool-Aid acid test, right? right? Yeah, yeah, he was bonfire, just a flat-out good writer. Oh, Man. Yeah, the right stuff is fantastic. Yeah, another right fantastic yeah. book of yeah. his. Yeah, that, But he didn't exactly crank them out. <laughs> no. <laughs> It'd be about a three-year project to write one. because well, he, he, cranked he cranked out the magazine pieces. Yeah. But, but he when he then he said, "Do I do I write the novel?" And then he did Bonfire of the Vanities. Yes, 
And, and then Man in Full. But yes. he did this, this. Man in Full was good, too. I, I guess it's taken for granted these days, but back then, uh, authors didn't involve themselves and make themselves part of the story. That was the new journalism was, movement. He was doing it, and uh, Hunter did it, and uh, a few other. Gay Talese, Jimmy Breslin. Yeah, Talese, yeah, Breslin, right. Norman Mailer, Truman Capote. Yeah. They and, took the aspects of fiction and applied them to journalism. Yeah. Dialogue, scene-by-scene scene construction, point of view, and extraordinary detail. Well, with a little spent, bit of lies thrown in. No, it was right, all factual well, stuff. With, with Hunter, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> the right stuff, though, was he spent... Three years researching the hell out of that one. Yeah, it was, uh, that was that's a fantastic. My book. favorite Gay Talese line when he did the DiMaggio biography, the, the DiMaggio mm-hmm. essay. Yes, Joe said Marilyn Monroe just getting off her plane from Korea. You never heard such cheering. Yes, I have, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good thing. Talese, though, he had he had issues. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, he used to hang his. He'd write a piece. Well, they'd of, be hung across the he'd room. He'd write a page, and then he'd hang it on a clothesline and study it to yeah. see whether he should use but or and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on, buddy. Well, he's. It was, you know, maybe we should have done. It. Yeah. <laughs> you guys that uh, go on twenty-four hour deadlines, though, you, you don't have the affordability uh, yeah. they do, uh, or the talent. <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah, Wolf was Wolf obsessing. Was, over Wolf one was great, word. but he was a dandy man, wasn't he? With the white suits and the whole deal, he was. Uh, Bonfire of Bonfire of the Vanities was the greatest novel turned into a crap movie of yeah. all time. The Very, movie was because yeah. you can't. No, if you were going to make a movie out of it, it had to be a four parter. Right, you know, it's just too much, too much in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 it was uh, the it, master of the universe. Yes, yeah. Who starred in that? Dog, uh, Hanks didn't he? Wasn't Hanks in it? Bonfire, the Bonfire, yeah, no, it was Hanks. It, Tom Hanks was Bonfire. The I, Vanities. I thought it was uh, Willis. Bruce, no, was no, no, Bruce no, Willis. No, no. What am I thinking? Willis was in. He was in. Uh, I don't know. It was Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think. I don't I've think ever, Wolf rang. I don't think Tom Wolf rang. I don't think I've ever made it through Bonfire, uh, the movie. Oh, you it's, can't. It's, it's unwatchable. It's it's awful, but the book was uh, fantastic. Yeah, he was quite. The Remember, rare. vroom vroom, there goes Junior Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, yes, that's mm-hmm. a great piece. Yep. What year mm-hmm. would you put on that? that Early sixties, right? No, I would say mid to late sixties. Oh, Rook, that was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I got, oh. Robin Williams. I gotta go here. We gotta go here. But uh, David Cass Stevens, a friend of mine, is a young sports writer in oh. North Carolina. They're at a. He's covering a NASCAR race with all these old rednecks and juniors car gets knocked out of the race so they all paddle over to uh new junior's garage and my say, favorite quote coming say out. say junior what happened junior says something blowed and they all turn around <laughs> <and walk. laughs> Something blowed. Yeah. Well, we'll be back shortly but now <laughs> thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, minnesota at federated insurance where it's their business to protect your business and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. And a post-die-hard Bruce Willis was indeed in that movie.
Was he? Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah, he, he was I either the so. he's either the reporter or the bad guy or something, but yeah. he was in there. Thank you. And uh, Melanie Griffith also. Right. Uh, mixed economic news today sent stocks to a lower close, knocking the Dow Jones Industrial Average back into negative territory for the year. The Dow fell 193 points at uh, closing at 24,706. The Nasdaq Composite lost 59 points, and the S&P 500 dropped 18. Billionaire hedge fund founder David Tepp agreed to buy the Carolina Panthers for an NFL record of about $2.2 billion. In December, Panthers owner Jerry Richardson announced he would sell the team he founded shortly after allegations of workplace misconduct against him surfaced. The sale comes just before the league's owners meeting next week in Atlanta where they can officially approve Tepper's purchase of the Panthers. Target is launching a new men's grooming section that will include new products and services. The retailer said it expects its men grooming business to double by 2020. Featured brands will include Harry's, Beard, Brand, and Bird. The section will go into 11 stores to start and then expand to more than 90 by the end of the year. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Okay, thank you very uh, thank you very much, Bruce. We're going to let you go and check traffic uh, because the Crosstown Freeway is decadent and depraved. This one's sponsored by Casper Sleep. Be ready for fear and loathing. Westbound 62, Hiawatha, over to that single lane at 34th. Once you clear that, you uh, you can put your foot down, spool it up, and get over to around France Avenue before you have to seriously back it down again. With one a, with a 100-night risk-free... talking yet. Professionals. <laughs> what is uh, what is happening on the traffic what, channel? What is these smoke? What is these our our fires? This is called a buildup. Remember when music had hooks? Wow, oh, man, man, that had a lot of hooks, John. Whew. So no good, kid. man. Remember when music didn't suck? <laughs> <laughs> we sound old. Al uh, Wilson. Al Wilson. Yep. Uh, to answer your question, it looks, uh, we don't know yet, uh, but it looks like smoke coming out of one of the parking garages in downtown St. Paul. It could possibly be a car fire, but it's very, very black smoke. I mean, it looks it's like... the St. Joseph's ramp. It uh, looks like tires on fire. It's yeah. so black. How can a concrete parking ramp be on fire? No, I set a car inside oh, on I fire. I spent a lot of time in that ramp. That is a... That ramp was you right just up to there. hang out. Secret hiding spot. I, I had issues <laughs> at the Saint, I had issues at St. Joe's, oh. and uh, and uh, that's as a as a quiet as a chaotic place. That ranks right there with the victory ramp. All right, that's a that's hmm. an interesting ramp. 
Sunny and 74 degrees NBA playoffs tonight right here. The Cavaliers at Boston, game two, seven o'clock. Celtics lead the series one game to none. Uh, right before that, the Adrian Heath Show. The coach catches you up on uh, all things Minnesota United. That's at six o'clock, seven o'clock, the NBA game. Patrick, I believe you once for a short time in between radio gigs, didn't you give tours of that parking ramp? <laughs> this is uh, level four. We have uh, parking and uh, short term and uh, no car fires. Yes, this is where these frauds with their uh, with their handicap stickers take all the good spots, man. Right. <laughs> Over the east, you can see a beautiful I ninety four, and its traffic is flowing freely. Speaking of that, I have to tell you a story. Harrigan told me off the air. He was in the grocery store yesterday. He's behind somebody that's uh, taking forever, yes. and this uh, this patron is telling the lady behind the counter all about his trip to Atasca, where he went hiking and yes. camping yes. and swimming and up and down hills. And <laughs> the guy finally finished his story, and uh, Dave followed him out the door, and the guy goes right to the handicap oh. spot, gets in his car, and drives away. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. That yeah. ain't going to happen at the Krabby Coffee Shop. No, no, we aren't going to have any. A, we don't want to hear about your BS vacation. <laughs> and B, we ain't going to give you a handicap spot. No, we're spot. not going to have any. Either that or they're all handicap right. spots. Yes, right. With the latest the controversy no, in the news and what we no talked about. toy horses. We've already established that. Right? They how, ain't bringing in your pet insect. <laughs> but how about next door to the Krabby Coffee Shop? Uh, the Krabby Daycare Center. You know, just I wonder how that would pan out. Twins Cardinals tonight at Target Field. Jose Barrios for the Twins. Jack Flaherty pitches for St. Louis. One other baseball note. Robinson. That was a disgusting effort last night yeah. by the hitters. That yeah. slop baller shut you out. That was brutal. Uh, it looked like a couple of those pitches just couldn't make it to the plate. It was driving oh, me nuts. Yeah. Joel letting the 87-mile-an-hour heater right down the, the middle of the plate right go through him. Yeah. Robinson Cano suspended by Major League Oof. Baseball 80 games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, 35-year-old Cano, uh, Cano, of course, put on the disabled list this week. He has a fractured hand. Uh, the suspension starts right away, so time spent on the DL is included there. I was going to ask that. because uh, I don't know why it uh, is included, but it, he doesn't get paid. So right, maybe correct. Maybe that's why. Eligible to come off or to start playing again on August 14th. Well, he was appealing it, so I suppose he just dropped the appeal so he could have the suspension go on while he was recovering from his broken hand. At 24 mil a year, 80 games is going to cost him some money. 12 mil. 12 mil. Mm -hmm. And it was Lasix, but uh, TJ Quinn, the ESPN guy who does all of this drug steroid stuff, said baseball doesn't just suspend you for Lasex, they had some evidence that he that it was used to cover up a, a steroid. So. Huh. Rookie, how much would $12 million weigh in a suitcase? <laughs> $12 million? Yeah. We don't want to know. John Height? No, no. <laughs> Watch this. Watch. I'll tell you what it is. $12 million. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, Times. What if it's times or 50? 22 pounds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. 264 pounds. If it was, if it was what? Uh, $100 bill. All right. Boy. Good. All right. There you go. That'd uh, be right. That'd be good to have 26 pounds of money. Open a daycare news- facility in Minneapolis. <laughs> you can have it. News notes from today. We have breaking political news. Uh, former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty will not seek the GOP endorsement at the state convention next month. His campaign spokesman Sam Winter says Pawlenty will go straight to the primary in August. 
The spokesman released a statement saying Tim appreciates the convention delegates, but his late entry into the race effectively precludes a fair fight for endorsement. Is he not is he not far enough off the deep end to uh, get the nomination or what is he is he not Trumpy <laughs> enough or what I don't know uh, who's, who's the front runner who's going to get the nomination maybe Matt Dean okay from the Star Tribune Minnesota Republicans introduced legislation today granting state regulators expanded powers to investigate child care fraud after that uh, Channel Nine news report that illegally obtained funds may be going overseas to fund terrorist groups. Legislation would enable the Department of Human Services to close child care providers that take part in the state's child care subsidy program but do not fully cooperate with investigators. It would also create new criminal and civil penalties for anyone who transferred fraudulently obtained money to countries on the U.S. State Department's travel ban list. It would also direct the state legislative auditor to investigate the child care assistance program, which subsidizes the child care expenses of about 29,000 low-income children every month. All of this a response to the Fox 9 News report that said Minnesota refugee families are taking suitcases full of cash on flights from Minneapolis-St. Paul International to countries in Africa and the Middle East where terrorist groups are active. Acting Human Services Commissioner Chuck Johnson said his agency is looking into the concerns raised in the report, but he cast doubt on the scope of the fraud described. The state has closed 13 child care centers following fraud investigations since 2014 and collected 4.6 million bucks in court-ordered restitution for fraudulent overpayments, according to Johnson. He added there was no evidence of fraudulent money being funneled overseas to fund terrorist groups in any of the criminal cases pursued by the DHS Inspector General's office since 2014. How do you even get a million bucks in cash? Well, I see your ca- bank. If I go to my bank, I think what that could get maybe nine grand in cash. Well, it's probably accumulated over yes. time, Joe. So I'd have to go to the bank uh, ten times. Right, you got time. And, and you need, uh, no, that'll yeah, give you a hundred thousand. According to your math, many times <laughs> I'd have to hang out at the bank a lot. Uh, yeah. if, if you need some cash, let me know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I see Kenny. I got a suitcase. <laughs> I see Kenny with a new part-time job, though, dressing as a sky cap and. Going to the United counter. All right, let me help you with those bags here. What do you got here? A million dollars? Put it right over here by this uh, dolly, and I'll, we'll take care of it for you. Then you do the, then you do the bag switch. Yeah, you, you do, do the, the, the sting, the yeah, sting right, switch. Right. My suitcase was green earlier. No, it's okay. Oh, oh. We spray painted it for us. Follow up to a story we had a couple it's of. It's blue now. Get on the plane, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> Follow-up to a story we had a couple of weeks ago. Police in Michigan have tracked down six of those eight trucks that were driven out of a Ram factory earlier this month. They're looking for clues, but they still have no idea who stole them. Didn't we su- suspect it was an inside job? We did, yep. Uh, they they still have no idea. The Ram 1500 pickups were ripped off during a theft on May 3rd that involved a gang of drivers slipping through a fence at the Warren Truck Assembly Plant, getting in the vehicles, and wow. then busting through the main gate in what a convoy. A great idea. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Proving the strength of a Dodge Ram that it went blasting <laughs> right through the front Yeah, but gate. then you ine- immediately need body work. Yeah, well, no, you part them out and sell the parts. Well, because you're not going to be able to register those. You part them out, man. As Kenny just said, some of the vehicles had been stripped of parts, according to the Detroit Free Press. Others, though, were still in condition and appeared to be just left there because they ran out of gas. 
Oh, <laughs> well, maybe they're not so smart. Right. <laughs> investigators. Yeah, that would be a bad reason to give up on a new truck. Right? Investigators did find a pocket Bible inside one of the trucks. They say they're testing it for DNA evidence. All of the pickups are being thoroughly swabbed for genetic evidence and fingerprinted. A $1,000 reward for info leading the recovery of the vehicles or the arrest of the people is being offered. Like it that much? I was instructed by a member of the staff that I don't argue with, Mr. Olson. <laughs> I don't argue with you either. Jim. Oh, thanks. Him for different reasons. <laughs> I'll let it get to that part so Kenny can hear it, and then I'll read his story. Okay. You can go anytime. No, you want to hear this right here? I know you do. You came into my life. There. Okay. I don't okay. want this to come off as racist as it sounds. Well, then don't say it. Just keep it in it for the relatives. We were, we were in good shape when the brothers were singing songs like this. Man. <laughs> That's all I got <laughs> to say. racist. That's yeah. all I got to say. Is Researchers. We could, you, we could all use a little more... Am I black enough? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know I, there are still really good young soul singers out there. They just yeah. don't get played on the radio oh, anymore. Okay. So, well, but they're still making records. Let's Trust find me. them and have them come in as our Friday live <laughs> guests. I love that. Researchers using digital technology deciphered the writing of two pages of Anne Frank's diary that she had covered over with brown masking paper, discovering four risque jokes and candid explanations of sex, contraception, and prostitution. She was cutting up behind the scenes, huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you hear the one about... Frank Van Vree, director of the Netherlands Institute for War, Holocaust, and Genocide Studies, said anyone who reads the passages that have now been discovered will be unable to suppress a smile. The dirty jokes, he says, are classics among growing children. They make it clear that Anne, with all her gifts, was above all also just an ordinary girl. In fact, the one ended with, no, it's just a little ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Potty talk is naughty talk. Uh, Anne was a... I don't know how to say that in German. Miet! <laughs> no, that's Russian. Wait, wait, no. Nine! Nine! Nine. Nine. <laughs> I think the language is why they're so... They were such warmongers in their day. The it's, Germans, it, it's, it's, it's a, a, loose, a gruff language. Yes, it is. It is. Ruskies, too. The Ruskies yeah. got a tough language. Yeah, chill you know, out there, Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in China, when Su Yan bought her family a puppy two years ago, she was surprised by how much the dog ate. She said it ate a box of fruits and two buckets of noodles every day. There's a reason for that. It turns out uh, the dog... Uh, is actually now a 250-pound bear. <laughs> Check this out. You mean to tell me what? she oh had a pet God. dog that turned out to be a bear? That, that's correct. And it was going to be her We're all right, though. We're all right. It was going to be her comfort yes. animal. Yes. Right. Bring this okay. thing on a plane. <laughs> we have not lost our relationship with nature. Not at all. We're okay. The, fluffy. the family realized their error when the pet... Here, bunny, here. Oh. <laughs> Realized their error when the pet did not stop growing and all of a sudden started showing a talent for walking on two legs. <laughs> wow. Miss <laughs> Yoon, a villager living oh. near the city of Kunming in Yunnan province, said... Did you it? No. Oh. The more he grew, the more like a bear he looked, and I'm a little scared of bears. They give him a little red uh, hat to wear? 
A little <laughs> collar, <laughs> rainbow <laughs> collar. Had to ride a bicycle. Yeah. The uh, animal was taken into care now at the Yunnan Wildlife Rescue Center after the family got in touch requesting help. Uh, footage taken by officials shows it standing uh, pretty tall, about seven feet almost. Staff were so intimidated by the animal, they sedated it before transportation. It's been identified as an endangered Asiatic black bear. Family says when they bought it, they thought it was a Tibetan mastiff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that is spectacular. The internet uh, is full of tattoo fails, you know, where there's wrong things on the tattoos. I like the misspellings. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Well, like, like regerts yeah. instead of no regrets. This uh, this is the story of a misspelling, but it ends differently than other stories, probably. Local newspaper La King Lands Tidning reported over the weekend at, uh, this is in Sweden, by the way. In Sweden. Yep. That 30-year-old Kreiholt resident Johanna Sandstrom went to a local tattoo studio around three years ago to get the names of her two kids inked on her arm. The uh, two kids, Nova and Kevin. There was one problem. When she got home, she noticed Kevin had become Kelvin. Whoops. When she discovered the mistake, she said she broke into tears. My heart stopped and I thought I was going to faint. Kevin, we're going to the court to change your name legally. <laughs> I think, Reavers, you just stepped oh, on his line. Oh, no. Thanks a lot, Chris. I was joking. Sandstrom went straight back to the tattoo parlor where the artist laughed and said there wasn't much he could do. He did give her a phone number of a tattoo <laughs> removal clip. laughed? When, oh. When, oh. When, oh. When Sandstrom discovered it would take multiple treatments to remove the tattoo, she and her husband opted for a different course of action. We decided to rename the boy, she said. <laughs> It's it's wow. not, it's, it's almost heartening though to realize it's not just here where nothing is holding. It, this is Sweden. Uh, Kevin became Kelvin, not just to match the tattoo, but because the name they said had grown on the parents. Oh yeah. Sandstrom said, "I'd never heard the name Kelvin before. Oh, there isn't God. anyone who names their kid Kelvin." C A L V I N. K E L V I N. Because it was Kevin. Uh, and, and Kelvinator. Isn't What's Kelvinator, Kenny? That's a. Isn't that a heater or something? I don't know. Yeah. It used to be a brand, didn't it? Yeah. An oven or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandstrom says she's okay with how things turned out. Says her son was not affected at all by the name change. Excuse me for my distraction over here, but I have lined up a royal wedding correspondent oh, for Friday's show. Cool. Is that guaranteed? Is that verified? Will Morley will be our wedding correspondent. Uh, Hello, He introduced <laughs> Rookie to his favorite British term. The gherkin. <laughs> From Birmingham. Bloody awful things. I'm quite excited to see next one. (laughs) My wife met him once and wanted to marry him off to every woman. Well, who doesn't? I know. We all want to jump into the sack with him. He'll be on site? (laughs) Oh, I think he'll just. He'll be able to give us the vibe. He's a viscount or something, isn't he? A prince or something? I think think he can get inside the gate. (laughs) He's charming enough. He could talk his way anywhere. In Greenwood, Indiana. He's if, probably over in East St. Paul right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was at a, a play. He was at our place one day, and uh, Mackie's beautiful girlfriend was there. And I, let me just say this Mackie's lucky that she went. She went, didn't jump ship. Will, she's lucky that Will went back to England. Oh, she almost cuckolded him, huh? Hey, watch this, Phil. This is how a real man does it. <laughs> In Greenwood, Indiana, 56-year-old Norman Keith Whiteman was arrested Saturday and charged with indecent exposure when he was found running down the street naked. It all happened about 4.20 in the morning Saturday along West Kirksey Drive near Lyman Avenue. 
Why was Norman running down the street naked? Why, yeah, John? Why, John? Why? Us, please. Told Are officers. In the quads? Told officers he'd been looking for snakes earlier, and there were snakes in his pants. Oh, right. You want to see? <laughs> he said, "This how oh, we trust you." Said when the snakes started biting him, he had to undress on the side of the road in plain view of motorists. Took off running away from the snakes. An officer found pants on South Main Street, but no other clothing. Can I guess the chemical? PCP. <laughs> well, uh, the man appeared to be under the influence of drugs, according to the police report. He denied taking any drugs or alcohol, but he did ask to go to the hospital, but wouldn't say why he wanted to go. Yeah, PCP. Uh, the officer did write on the report uh, when he found the pants, there were no snakes. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the snake bit him. <laughs> See, and that would cause him to have terror. Where would the would... world be without hallucinogenics? I think it's a, I think, it, I think we're lucky we invented them. Or, okay, actually, we didn't invent them. They were out there. You, know? yeah. you could get them. You can get them. I can get some there. hallucinogenics by 3 o'clock. <laughs> Boy, what a sports day in Minnesota. We got a hockey franchise in the Women's uh, Hockey League, Pro Hockey League. We now have five teams in that league, so I would imagine four go to the playoffs, so we have a damn good chance to reach the playoffs, I would think. We will create a frenzy. And uh, then we also may be getting a PGA Tour event. If Houston does not uh, come up with a sponsor before June 1st, uh, Hollis Kavner says uh, we're going to be getting a uh, regular stop every Where would year. they play? Uh, PPC Twin Cities, I think they'd uh, spend a few million and try to toughen that place up a little Mm -hmm. bit. And uh, then, of course, uh, we have Brandon Lang, the great, he's going to give us the Las Vegas view on uh, gambling uh, now being opened up around the country with uh, possibly within the next year. When would this tournament be here? What time of year? Uh, uh, I saw today the quote from him was it would be the week before the U.S. Open. Oh, that's safe then. Yes, that's yeah. June. That's that's good. Early June. Because you couldn't have had one here yet. Well, oh, maybe no. starting right now, yeah. you could. Yeah, you yeah. could. And uh, Tom Kelly. So, man, we're action packed today. We got we got good stuff going here. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's seventy three degrees. Lovely afternoon. The ride with Royce is coming up next, and many more surprises are in store for you. Seventy three degrees. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.